It is key. I'm sorry. I almost said K because after yeah. that. Right. <laughs> she got it right. Yeah. She got it right, Adrian. Because <laughs> you, know, you know I'm only going to say key. I'm never going to say castaway. You just have to remember K. Royal Caribbean is perfect day. No, it's Coco No, it's Coco Key. I don't care how Royal Caribbean says it. It's Coco Key. <laughs> everybody to this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and sam i think we need a little jackson five in the background because we're headed to the abc's that's right aruba <laughs> on air and carousel for a little 10 night southern caribbean sailing maybe the beach boys would be more appropriate a little coconut, I guess. <laughs> but one of our favorite itineraries from the uh, from the past on Disney Cruise Line and can't wait to talk about it tonight. I know. I am so jealous of our guests because they got to do this amazing 10-night Southern Caribbean itinerary. Ours that we did in 2019, I think, was actually an 11-night Southern Caribbean. So we had one more night on the Disney Fantasy. But I'm really jealous of anyone who gets to spend more than seven nights in a row on the Disney Fantasy because... That is just like the epitome, I think, of Disney cruising and of relaxation. But before we get into the substance of the show, we've got to welcome our guests, Nikki and Adrian, to the show. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hello. Excited to be here. Yeah. Thanks for being with us today. You know, as we always do on this show, we have to talk about your Disney credentials and your Disney Cruise Line credentials. And I need to applaud you guys because... You guys just like started with a bang and just kind of kept on it. You have a, a, a good number of cruises in a very short period of time, which means you are someone just like Brian and I, because we racked up our cruises in a very short succession. So congratulations. But why don't you tell folks sort of how you became involved with Disney and then how you you know plunged into Disney Cruise Line? Yeah, we definitely got uh, bit by the cruise bug. Um, but we started with Disney back when, for me, when I was six, going to the parks in Florida. And then once I met Adrian, I made sure that he was added in and started taking him to the parks for Christmas with my family. We actually ended up getting married at the Japan Pavilion in Epcot seven years ago. Yeah, right? seven years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then l- last year, we said saw a commercial for Disney Cruise Line. <laughs> and I was like, oh. You know what? It's a sign. Think about it. We started cruising in twenty mid twenty twenty two, right? Mm-hmm. So feels like a lifetime ago, but it's just last year. But you know, we're mostly cooped up during the COVID time, so we're we're really wanting to get out and do something different because you've you've been cooped up, and I don't know for yeah, of, of all the things. Let's go back travel and let's just get on a cruise boat, right? It was eye opening, and we questioned, or at least I questioned myself, like why haven't we done this sooner? We love DCL, but any cruise line, I, I've never been on a boat, but it has been life-changing. And to your point, I mean, we've been able to squeeze in four cruises in, in, a, in a year, pretty much once a quarter. And we, it'll be great if we can keep up that rate, you know, to try to, you know, get a platinum soon. And now, you know, yeah. Pearl's out there. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're set to have our daughter, you know, pretty much be Pearl by the time she's 10 or something. Right? Yeah. Like, that's the goal. Right? Yeah. Now we're all chasing a plaque on Castaway Keys. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When your five-year-old gets a plaque for 50 cruises at Castaway Key, you know, she is part of the DCL family for life. <laughs> Love it. So you said you've got, you've done 
four now, or actually this was your fifth or this was your fourth that you went on? This was our fourth. Our fourth. Nice. What were the other itineraries or what was the first one that sort of had you plunge headfirst into Disney Cruise Line? Yeah. So we did a five night. We thought that was a good length. It was long enough that if we liked it, we would have time to you know explore the ship, but not too long uh, in case we didn't. So it was a five night fantasy Eastern Caribbean? No, Western. Western. We went down yeah. to Cozumel and then Castaway. Yeah. So. And then we found a really great GTY rate on one of the Christmas cruises on the Dream. It was a, a double dip over Thanksgiving. Oh, sweet. So we did that. And then we went on the wish for my birthday for a four night back in April. Awesome. Now, you have a five-year-old. What made you decide to plunge into a 10-night cruise? Like, that's a long time to be on a boat with a little one. <laughs> um, what was, how was that decision made? I, I had a milestone birthday, turned 40. So oh, uh, we had se- several options out there. And we we're looking at the transatlantic flight, you know, going eastward towards Europe and this tonight Southern Caribbean. So we, we just ended up there thinking, you know, it's not. Like the Fit Fantasy does this itinerary once a year, right? From from our understanding, so we're like, "Well, this is the time to do it." It was, I guess, I was just excited. It's, it sounded fun, and what's what's interesting, I'm I'm never been a real beach person. Mm-hmm. Castaway has kind of brought that out in me again of like liking the beach, like point me to the umbrella and the beach chair, and I, I'm set, right? So. <laughs> This sounded like we we're going to have a lot of opportunities for that. And really going to these smaller islands, mm-hmm. uh, each one has their own identity and, and get a little bit more taste of the culture versus, you know, we've been to Nassau several times and then just kind of wanted something a little bit different. Nassau, I think, a little bit too close to home. This this was, you know, closer to South America than Florida. So, And our five-year-old really took to the cruises very quickly. She, in fact... I remember you saying this about um, Nathan, that he didn't really like Kids Club at first until he went on The Wish. And Harper was the same. Um, She loved Kids Club once she was on The Wish. And then somehow having that great experience on The Wish made her much more open to it on the fantasy. So Mm -hmm. she had a great experience on the fantasy. I think, too, it being a longer cruise, she was able to make some friendships and see familiar faces after a few days there. So she loved it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The Wish has the best kids club. And and I think I think also with time and repetition, the kids also can get more comfortable with the kids club because Nathan was the same age as Harper for his first cruise. And so I think, you know, five when they get more comfortable, you know, they're they're willing to be a little bit more independent. But when he first went to the you know, his first cruise, he was not there yet. And so I think it just, you know, even just that little bit of repetition probably helps with that sort of hesitation to be away from mom and dad for a little bit. But that's awesome. What a great, what a great itinerary to take her on though. Yeah. You know, going back, back to the kids club, I remember our first cruise, we went on the fantasy, we got a brunch reservation at Palo. You know, we dropped Harper off in the kids club, you know, we went upstairs to what's that deck 12, to go to Palo. We sit down and get, you know, our, our mimosa. And then you get the infamous text. Harper oh. would like to be, I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? But I, I, I'll give, you know, props to to the, the cast members on the ship because I told them like, you know, we're, we're trying to have a good brunch here at Palo. And they're like, don't worry, we'll, we'll take care of Harper. We'll give her some, you know, additional, you know, make sure we spend some good quality time with her to make her feel comfortable. And, you know, they, they, they always come through. That's a great point. I think, you know, folks out there should know if you are going, you know, to an adult meal, particularly for the first time on the ship and your kid is a little bit hesitant or you're worried about how long they'll you know be willing to stay, 
in the kids club, if you talk to the staff and let them know that that's what you're doing, they will really make an extra effort, particularly if your kid comes to them and says, I want to leave to try and rope them into some kind of activity or get them you know, redirected. Of course, if your kid's having a total meltdown and really needs you to come, they will let you know that too. And you, you may have to cut your meal short, but generally speaking, they will really try to accommodate and really try to get your kid engaged so that you don't have to leave your lovely adult brunch or dinner or dessert or whatever you're doing to come and attend to your to your child. So they do a really great job with that. So let's talk about this 10-night itinerary. Obviously, this is a, a more port-heavy itinerary than, let's say, a seven-night on the fantasy Eastern or Western Caribbean. You know, I think people are going to want to know about the excursions in particular and what what you did at each port. So let's start there. We'll start talking about what was your first port of call after leaving Port Canaveral? Sure. So um, day four was our first excursion. We had two at-sea days and then we were at Aruba first. And all the excursions we booked were through Disney. We haven't got to the point where we're really ready to be adventurous and, and find our own outside of that. But I, I am all about the research. <laughs> I spent a ton of time looking through excursions because we kind of had a dud when we had gone on excursions through Disney and, and pre- a previous cruise. So I just wanted to make sure that we really were taking advantage of learning about the island and doing something that we would all enjoy, which can sometimes be challenging for something that both an adult and a five-year-old And we also knew that all the ports we were at were really well known for their beaches. So we wanted to make sure that we, you know, found something like that. So for Aruba, it was um, an excursion called the Best of Aruba and kind of hit the highlights around the island. I will say just as an aside, we had a a very difficult time booking excursions because we had so many platinum uh, members on this cruise. So when our window opened, everything was gone. And even gold said the same thing. So it was a lot of just continuously going back and checking the app. We had a super active Facebook group that would post whenever they dropped things so that you could pick them up. So that's how we were able to get every excursion that we wanted across five days. I know a lot of people get super dejected if they don't immediately see what they want. So try, try again was really the motto for this to get what we wanted. And we absolutely loved all of our excursions. We had a fantastic tour guide for Aruba that lived on the island his whole life, was super knowledgeable. As we rode the bus around, talked about the history of the island, the education system, healthcare system, their ties to the Netherlands and took us around to, I think it was like three stops, right? Natural, mm-hmm. it was like a natural bridge. We went to a lighthouse. Yeah, and then we also made a stop at a, it was a big rock <laughs> in the center of the island. <laughs> Hats off to him as a driver, because I recall it was basically squeezing in a, you know, a 12 foot wide bus. I know it was like a big shindig, a big party, because I think the next day was a, a holiday. So there was just a lot oh. of loud music. This was a neat place because a uh, bus stop, stop. It, it's a good photo op where you, go up a, you know, it's really a big boulder that's about 80 foot tall. Oh yeah, like the natural rock yeah, formation. Yeah, like a natural rock formation. And you know, that, that's when it kind of hit you because that was pretty much our first time somewhere foreign and you start seeing iguanas and, and different terrain and and different bugs and stuff. And then Har- Harper loved, you know, she was happy being a kid chasing an iguana. And I would say me too, right? Because <laughs> I'm like, oh wow, there's an iguana. <laughs> but it was just, just such a great great opportunity to let that be the first introduction right i love that but i I would say like this this excursion we went to the beach right so you have beach gear but then you kind of do some 
I would say this is more like hiking. You don't want to have a lot of gear with you when you go anywhere, but you, you kind of have to like think about that. That's awesome. Nikki, you brought up such a great point about excursions. I think folks don't always realize that these more unique itineraries, like a 10-night Southern Caribbean, like a transatlantic or transpacific or Hawaii itinerary, and even actually Alaska itineraries, you do tend to have more platinum and now Pearl, of course, with the addition of Pearl cruisers who will get an earlier and, and concierge as well, who will get an earlier booking date for excursions than everybody else, right? It's tiered booking for all of those things. And so a lot of the excursions will get booked up before the gold or the silver or the newbie cruisers even get a chance to book. But as you mentioned, a lot of people do drop excursions. They book everything at the beginning as sort of the just in case, right? And then they sort of as as time goes on, they decide, eh, I probably don't want to do an excursion at every port. Or they change their mind about which excursion they want to do. And then that becomes available to everybody else. Now, I wanted to ask a follow-up question about that because it's you said you were able to get everything that you had wanted from sort of the get-go. Did that happen before your cruise or were there even ones that you booked when you were on board? Because I always try to tell people, hey, even if you are at the point of, you know, you're boarding your ship, it is very often the case that people canceled even on board. I mean, we've had it happen where we've been allowed to cancel a couple days in advance of an excursion if there was somebody who wanted that excursion. And so you can sort of wait list something at Port Adventure's desk on board. How did it work out for you guys? Uh, we actually were able to get everything before we boarded. Um, I think that there were a lot of people that were waiting until we got on board. There was a lot of people at that Port Adventure's desk pretty consistently for the first few days. But yeah, every, everything was done ahead of time. And, and what I would do is I would piecemeal it. So if there was an excursion we wanted, but it was only one, like there was only one available, I would just go ahead and book it for that one person and then wait and, until I could get all three of us on it. Yeah, yeah, really good point. Thing that I observe, though, is say for tastings for, you know, wine tastings, champagne tastings, all, all that were pretty much all those were booked prior like, now prior to the cruise. But as soon as we got on board, there were openings for almost every event within, I guess, on the ship. So that that was a pleasant surprise because, you know. They don't pre-book all of those. The port, port adventures are a little bit different. They do actually pre-sell those, I think, to completion or close to completion. We don't know. We don't know what they hold back and they don't hold back. But yes. we don't know for sure. But I suspect based on sort of how things work that they sell most of those port excursions ahead of time or sort of close to their capacity. But I know, Adrian, that they don't sell all of the spots for all of the drink tastings on board. And they even sometimes add drink tastings after if they have sold a lot of spots. Yeah, and that's something that, that we observed. And, uh, you know, we're able to get like a noon, we're like in boarding group, like six or I mean, we're one of the first ones on board. I would say you, you always talk about if you're an early boarder or you're one of the last groups. I mean, as soon as you get the Wi-Fi on the boat. <laughs> it's like <laughs> start looking and see what see what you can book, right? Because uh, that's almost its its second wind. Uh, where the, that's some of the advantages if you can actually get on on the network of you know the fantasy network and, and kind of see what's available. Awesome. Well, sounds like you had a great day in Aruba. What was your second port stop? Second port was Bonaire, which was, I didn't mention we were at Aruba until 10 p.m. That was the all aboard time because Bonaire is so close. So then Bonaire, we were only there to like three o'clock. But that one, a lot of the tours are based where you can either explore the north side of the island or the south side of the island. And, and they're about two and a half hours 
because you're not there as long, it's, it's kind of hard to find ones that do all of the island. Bonaire was probably our favorite island. It has just got the the chillest vibe of any island. Everyone there, like nobody's hassling you. Like they're just like, hey, you want to come like see my stuff I have for sale? Great. If not, like have a great day. But beautiful area. We did the Southern um, one. When we woke up in the morning, the first sight that Adrian saw were wild flamingos flying by the cruise ship, which no was... No way! Yeah. You don't even think about flamingos flying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just like, man, what, what's what's that pink and black over there? And then I realized, oh, my gosh, that's a, that's a flamingo. It's, what is it? We, we found out that a group of flamingos, is it a flamboyance? Flamboyance, yeah. Yeah. You learn something, right? The flamboyant yeah. flamingos going by. Once again, that's one of them where you're like, wow, we're somewhere else, right? Because uh, that's something you don't see every day. So this tour took us down to um, the salt mines, which was super interesting. The water's pink down there from how they basically extract the salt from the ocean water. And so we were able to basically do a tour all the way around the grounds because it's owned by one company. Um, but you, they actually let you take little pieces of salt rocks with you, which is really oh, cool. And then there's wild flamingos that kind of stay all over that area too, because it's a sanctuary. So we were able to see a lot of wildlife there. Which wildlife in Bonaire is donkeys. <laughs> like goats. <laughs> yeah, so it's flamingos, donkeys, or goats, right? Yeah, we, we joked with the tour guide because everyone on the bus would get excited when we would see a donkey or it would be in the road and we're like, what, donkey, watch out. They're like, another donkey. Like, it's <laughs> another day, another it's donkey. Just, it's just a donkey. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> what did Harper think of the wildlife, the donkeys, the flamingos? Oh my gosh, the flamingos are her favorite animals. So she was in oh. heaven. Yeah. So anytime we would see a few, she would be so excited. She was also very concerned about the donkeys in the road and would make sure the driver was alerted to know. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about Bonaire, you know, it's it's resource poor, like, you know, it's tourism and salt and mm -hmm. you know, what's needed for that. But they have to import everything. They have to import everything. They maximize what they have. And artists on the island end up making little, I don't know, sculptures or exhibits of driftwood that washes up. From the sea and dead coral. So you would see all these little mounds of coral and just random logs, you know, with like, they would just say, look, that's some local art of Bonaire. And it, like, <laughs> it was ah. really neat to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just, just so neat. And I, I would say we went to, I forgot, to, forget the name of the little bay we went to. It's like, a, oh, some, some bear. Or? Yeah, it, it was just as beautiful, calm waters, and they do a lot of windsurfing out there. So it, it's just kind of this surreal, surreal place. It, it's just beautiful. Awesome. Did you get any beach time on this excursion? That one was supposed to be like 30 minutes at the beach, but it got cut short. So it was really just like a, you know, they do uh, kite surfing there. It's like, like one of the most like world renowned places to do kite surfing because of the way that the the beach is formed. And so we were able to, you know, see that for a while. You can get lessons there and such. But I take it no kite surfing for the three. No. <laughs> nope. So that was a shorter stop, right? You said the the all of war time was kind of earlier. Where were where was the ship headed next? Yeah. So we had an at sea day after that. And then the next stop was Antigua. That that was a heated conversation or topic on the boat. Is it Antigua or Antica? The cruise director would start the the main stage show asking, surveying the audience, "Do you say Antigua or Antigua?" 
Oh my God. And she, she said that it was like 50, 50 basically. Mm -hmm. So when we got off the ship, they were saying Antigua, but then we found out that the Spanish pronunciation is Antigua. So anyone out there, you can say either basically. Okay. So what did you guys get up to in an, in, I'm going to say Antigua. So this one was a beach rendezvous and it was basically an all day beach day at a place called Mystic Beach. It's a privately owned beach and it's about a short drive. I'd say like 15 minutes away. The beach was beautiful, super soft sand, nobody else there. It was just our, our bus. And I think one other one came, but it was six hours at the beach. And then it included a, like a, a lunch, which was like a local Caribbean food, which was delicious. And then they had like a bar area where you could get like two free drinks for the day or a fruit punch. And then there was also like, if you wanted to purchase additional like snacks or drinks, you could do that. They had Wi-Fi, and then it included like a, a beach umbrella and, a, and chairs for you so that you were set, but super calm waves. So that's one other thing I'll say is I never worried about having like strong waves with, with Harper around. It was super calm water, not a lot of like shells to have to worry about hurting yourself as you were walking or anything. Yeah. There was a horseback riding nearby. That was another excursion you could have done. DCL wasn't offering it, but I noticed that was going on on that beach too. I would say Antigua, Artigua, in my opinion, the softest softest sand, the clearest water. Yeah. And it was very, I would say, non-touristy where we went. It was more of a rustic vibe, which, which was nice. I would say they had more sea glass than seashells, <laughs> from what I noticed, which apparently sea, sea glass is, is, is a thing. Go out there and collect glass that has been just, you know, washed up on shore, which we enjoyed that, you know, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like those Southern ports are just amazing in the sense that that you talked about, Adrian, is that they they really are less touristy than those Eastern or Western Caribbean ports, perhaps because they get less cruise ships, perhaps they're just sort of less, a little bit quieter than sort of the Eastern and Western itineraries that DCL goes to so regularly, but such and such beautiful calm waters, as you mentioned too, Nikki. I love that. Now, is Harper a good swimmer or did she did or do you bring floaties for her or is she, you know, pretty good without that stuff? Uh, she's a little water baby. So ah. yeah, she uh, she gets she doesn't like it when we have her wear the life vests. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the water was shallow enough going out pretty far. It wasn't like one of those where it just drops off right away. So we didn't have to, to worry about that at all. Even having floaties. I think the only time we had her in them was at Castaway. All right. So you've got your full beach day at Antigua. Where does the Disney fantasy go next? Yeah. So the next one was St. Thomas. One thing we did learn about St. Thomas when we were there is they were telling us that this is actually their off season right now. So they weren't actually dealing with as many cruise ships as what they would typically do, which also Mm -hmm. worked in our favor for Mm -hmm. just having a little bit more space as we explore different areas. St. Thomas was great because of the fact that you got a few of your, you know, creature comforts, you know, we were able to turn on that cell phone service again when we got there, which was great. And we did another day that kind of took us around to some different uh, popular spots. I really wanted to check out uh, Megan's Bay Beach because it's one of the top beaches in the world. So we picked an excursion that included a stop there and then also did the the sky ride, which is really close within walking distance from the cruise ship. Um, and then it takes you up to be able to see kind of these really amazing uh, panoramic views of the island. 
The other stop that was kind of on the opposite side was Drake's Seat, which is another spot where um, you're able to, to look down and see a really amazing view of, of the island, which you're actually looking down at Megan's Bay, and then you take it down. So um, St. Thomas is such different terrain than the other islands. Mm-hmm. You know, Bonaire and, and uh, Aruba, you're getting all those like that desert and the cacti and everything. And then St. Thomas is so mountainous and all these trees and uh, both equally beautiful. But it was really neat to kind of see the variety of, of islands there. We had a great time trying a bushwhacker, which is like a popular drink there that had <laughs> Baileys and... Kahlua, banana, liqueur, I think, cinnamon... It, it was moderately tasty. It was, you know? so it was so good. <laughs> Megan's Bay is one of my favorite beaches to visit. It's so pleasant. And I remember the the site you're talking about because the excursion we yeah. usually take drives you up there. You get like 20 minutes to take photos. And usually there's someone wandering around with like a monkey or something that you can, you know, have sit on your shoulder or whatever and get pictures with. And then they take you down to Megan's Bay. I think it's so accessible from the port too, that it's a beach that could probably just grab a cab and head over there. And I, I'd be curious, they had a bar over at the beach when we were there last, which was well before the pandemic. Is that still open? Because that would be the thing that I would hinge taking a cab over there on. If the bar is still there, then I know I could call a cab to get me back uh, to the ship if I needed to. That's where Bushwhacker number one and two were. were, were perfect. <laughs> I love wow. it. I love it. They're so great there too. They had, I mean, we've, Obviously, we've been a couple of times, but as Brian said, it it's it was pre-pandemic. We haven't been back to St. Thomas since before the pandemic. And um, they, their bartenders were fantastic. And the folks who just work there and help you with um, setting up a an umbrella because the it doesn't ex- the excursion didn't include an umbrella, but you could pay some extra money and they will dig into the sand and stake that umbrella up for you next to your beach chair because it, of course, includes a beach chair. Drinks were not included and food was not included from my memory on that on the excursion we did, but it's still a well worth it stop. You're really basically paying for transportation around the island and to the beach and the safety and security of knowing that the ship will wait for you. But I I love that you visited Megan's Bay because as Brian mentioned, it's definitely one of our favorites. All right. Well, after you hit up St. Thomas, one of the only, I guess, U.S. port other than your embarkation and debarkation stops in Port Canaveral, where were you headed next? Yeah. So they saved the best for last, right? It was Castaway Key was our uh, last one. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> for the record, you said it is key. I'm sorry. I almost said K because after yeah. there, like, <laughs> she got it key. right. Yeah. She got it right, Adrian. Because <laughs> you know, because you know, I'm only going to say key. I'm never going to say castaway. You just have to remember, hey. Royal Caribbean is perfect day. No, it's Coco No, it's Coco Key. I don't care key. how Royal Caribbean says it. It's Coco Key. That's Both how pronunciations the... are correct. Both pronunciations are correct. No, that's how the Bahamians would say it. They say key. That's how I'm take it up say with Merriam-Webster, Sam. Take it up with Merriam-Webster. <laughs> Anyway, so let's talk about your day at Castaway. I mean, of course, you don't have to do any excursions at Castaway because there's plenty to do just, you know, hanging out, sitting on the beach. But what did you guys decide to do at Castaway for your day? Yeah, so we did snorkeling for the first time. We've never snorkeled in our life. And we thought, you know what? I feel like Castaway would be like a good like intro Mm -hmm. to it and make sure we like it. We had an absolute blast. 
we've actually never booked an excursion on Castaway because we just love going around the island. We do the 5K every time. We will, you know, obviously, you know, spend time at the beach. We've done the bike rentals. This was probably the busiest I've ever seen Castaway, which kind of surprised me. I just figured a lot of people that have cruised with Disney a lot, maybe they might stay on the ship. But uh, no, it it was a happening place. Something I saw for the first time at Castaway was they did a character dance party at one of the gazebos. Oh, fun. Super fun. It was like right there in the middle of the way. And the characters were like in their castaway outfits. And it was super cute. A little bit of a deviation was St. Thomas to Castaway is is pretty long hike. Uh, Yeah. We didn't arrive in Castaway until it was almost 11. Oh, wow. So, it was that is a late arrival. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was a little bit of a shorter day there at Castaway. So I, I feel like people were intentional about mm. squeezing as much as they, they can. And I feel like that, that could have been a driver as far as why it felt so, so full. This yeah. was the first time that it didn't rain at all our entire time at Castaway either. We typically go in, the, you know, when we've gone in that summer, you get those little showers and they're gone yep. in like five minutes. But we didn't deal with rain this entire trip on any of our excursion days, which was really nice. Yeah, it only rained, rained coming back from Castaway to Port. It rained, it rained on embarkation day and it rained when we came back. Yeah. That sounds like a perfect cruise to me. <laughs> now, when you guys uh, were on this cruise, obviously it's summertime. So it's, it's July in the Caribbean. I imagine temperatures are are pretty hot. You still decided to run the 5K. Are you too nuts? (laughs) There's a lot of shade. (laughs) You just go on the edges. The only only bad part of it is when you're on that airstrip. Then it's like you're questioning your life decisions at that point. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Brian and I do also love to go for a run at Castaway, but we don't do it in the summer. It doesn't matter what cruise we're on that we're... We're just not doing it in the summer. It's just too much for our bodies. It's so humid and so hot. But kudos to you for getting that medal for the Castaway Key 5K. Love it. So I, let's talk a little bit about you know what was happening on the ship. This is, of course, a 25th anniversary sailing. What 25th anniversary happenings did you all uh, go to and, and what did you sort of see? I love the characters. So I will see anything and everything with the characters. I get very little else done because I will go and see, do all the meet and greets. So um, obviously all the characters were in their beautiful outfits. I was really impressed. We saw a lot of people that were, had outfits to match them for the pictures, which was so cool to see. I know I am not that coordinated, but I am also so impressed when I see people who have like the matching outfits to match, you know, each or all of the characters or the different outfits that the characters are wearing. It's, it's all. Yeah. So they did, they did a few things specific for the, for the anniversary. They had like a little party and I really say little, it was in the atrium and they show, they had all the characters out. They had the cruise director. They played that song that they wrote for it. They showed a, like a slideshow or it's not a slideshow. It's like that, that video that basically that came out on YouTube. That was like the Mm -hmm. music video for it. And they released confetti. They also did the fireworks. So we had both the Pirate Night fireworks and we also had the anniversary fireworks Nice to that same song. They had some banners up around. We tried the special drink that you can get at the bars. Oh, yeah. That's really good. It tastes very similar to the DVC drink you can get. I was going to say the exact same thing. It's basically the cousin of the welcome home cocktail, which is the DVC cocktail. I couldn't tell the difference between the two of you. I mean, I didn't have them side by side, 
But I bet if you put them side by side, I couldn't tell you the difference between the two. Yeah. I guess the only difference is, is when you get the anniversary one, they give you a cool little coaster that you can keep. It's like a, like a faux leather one. Yeah. We did not get the coaster. Let me just tell you, we did not get the coaster. They did not have them on the wish. So I think they were out of them. So I'm hoping because we're going on the magic in a couple of weeks that this episode will probably have come out after we've already been on the magic, but I'm hoping to be able to get a 25th anniversary coaster. I'm hoping that they're not out of them on all of the ships, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I, I I basically knew it would happen that if I didn't immediately go to the stores when they opened that I wasn't going to be getting any of that merchandise. Yep. And we had first seating, which uh, first dinner seating, which basically makes it impossible because it's it's opening up during that time. So I saw the silver anniversary merchandise for about five minutes through the window, and then I never saw it again. (laughs) It was wiped out very quickly. Oh, yeah. We've heard that sort of across the fleet. There are sometimes things that do stick around in the shops a little bit longer on the Wish. There were things that stuck around a little bit longer. However, they were in sizes that most people don't wear, right? Mm -hmm. So like, they would have like an extra small or a small, but they wouldn't have a large or an extra large, right? So yeah, unfortunately, the these merch hounds on Disney are no joke. No, no joke. joke. Yeah. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode so let's talk about the main stage performances because on this longer itinerary of course you're going to have your standard three main stage shows tell us what did they well why don't you tell our audience what those were but then also what they had in addition to those regular main stage shows so the three main stage shows were frozen believe and aladdin they did what i did like is they offered some of those showings at like noon versus just offering it in the evenings Mm-hmm. And then we had a lot of main stage variety acts. So we had John Armstrong, who's a magician. We had Bucket, and, buckets and boards, buckets and boards, which is oh, like nice. a yeah. comedian, like drumming show, all that, which is a male clogging group. Oh, and- <laughs> that's fun. How are they? I've never heard of them. I know. And then we had a ventriloquist. How was the male clogging group? It was my least favorite. Of the <laughs> That's okay. Listen, they can't all be good. Not every variety act performer that we've seen has been great. Certainly. And, and ventriloquist wise, some are better than others. And, you know, same with magicians, some are better than others. And so 
but it sounds like you had a nice variety. Did the Broadway visiting performer do any main stage show or just a show for the adults or in the, in what is it called? Not evolution, the tube. I am not sure. I might have missed if they did have it. It was one of the first couple nights and I okay. didn't pay attention to it. One of the things I'll, I'll give just a tip out there. If you're on any of the longer sailings, they don't tend to do it on like three and four night sailings, but even seven night sailings, most of the ships have on board as one of their main stage performers. They call it a Broadway visiting artist. And that's somebody who's been either in a Broadway production or in one of the national tours of a Broadway production. And, or I guess they could be in a West End production in London as well. And they will be in a couple of your main stage shows. They won't typically be in all three. I think they'll usually be in two out of the three. And they'll have at least a, a starring role in one of the main stage shows. And they will perform sort of a cabaret and give you some background about their story, how they got to where they are and that sort of a thing. And they usually do it in one of the adult venues. Occasionally, they will do a larger show on a longer sailing. Occasionally, they'll do a main stage show. But that would be something you would have noticed. So you probably didn't miss that. Um, that would be something you would have noticed because it would have been in the Walt Disney Theater and it you know, would have been advertised pretty well. So, so let's talk about other things. Your, what does your family like to do on sale? I mean, you've got a bunch of sea days here in addition to these amazing, beautiful ports. What do you guys like to get up to when you're just kind of hanging out on the ship? I really, this was our first time doing a longer sailing. So I knew there was a lot of like special things that they would do that you wouldn't mm -hmm. typically get on the shorter ones. So Basically, before we even left, we came up with like a, a bucket list of like, what are the things we want to make sure we do on the ship? Because we're not the type that just relax a lot on the mm -hmm. ship. We typically are, I don't know, maybe just from all the years of being in the parks, we're just like, go, 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 check everything off, like experience yeah. all of it. So that's me. Yeah. That's me. That's not Brian. Brian wants to sit by the pool with like some kind of rum drink and maybe read a magazine or a book or work on editing the podcast. But I am like, where, what's going on on the ship? I want to try, I want to see and do everything. I want to, any, especially things I haven't done before or things that are new. I'm like, where is it happening? Yeah. So, what kinds of things did you guys run around and do? Cause I love hearing this stuff. Yeah. It's like FOMO. It's like, <laughs> yes. something's going on. <laughs> yes. Even the characters, I, I was like, we would see all the characters, but then it was like, if they had different outfits, I would have to go back and make sure they weren't wearing a different outfit because I would need that photo. <laughs> <laughs> So we did the trivia several times. We won our first trivia ever. Super exciting. Woo, which one? Villain, villains quotes trivia. Wow. That's yeah. really good. You have to know your movies in order to do that one. Yeah. Good job, Nikki. Yeah. And then um, we won on a, I won on a, a Disney, like general Disney trivia one. Um, oh, wow. As well. So we did, we did several trivia. We did the Anyone Can Cook. We went to that twice. Oh, we fun. Did, um, like a lobster ravioli. And then we went to a chocolate, did a chocolate lava cake one that they did. We did some, oh, the photo challenges. We did those every day, which I had never done before. You can pick it up at the Port Adventures desk. And it's like a themed scavenger hunt where you have to find the corresponding picture somewhere on the ship. So like... One day it was like art around the ship or light fixtures around the ship. And they will take all the people that submitted all the correct answers and they'll draw a winner for that day. And so we actually won on one of the days and we got like one of those like drawstring bags and it was oh, yeah. a hat, a journal, a medal, a luggage tag in it with like a note saying like congratulations from the entertainment team. 
Oh, that's awesome. We've never done one of those. I don't think they have them on all the ships, but we've never done one of those scavenger hunts. And I I feel like we need to do that, Brian. Put that on your list of things that we're going to do. I'm going to drag you around to do. Challenging. Some of them are hard. I'm adding it right beyond, what was it? Go to Tokyo Disney so you can buy Duffy merchandise or Hong Kong Disney. Yeah. All right. There you go. It's it's, it's on that list. It's on that list. (laughs) It's on that list. That means it's not getting done anytime (laughs) soon. Let me just, that that list is, yeah. I will tell you, you don't know how many different types of light fixtures and carpets there are on those ships until you get that list. Oh, yeah. You're walking around all, all the different, you know, flights of stairs. You're you're looking at everywhere possible trying to find a certain piece of art. It's like, that's when it hits you. Wow, these things are themed really well. Yes. Carpet is a really interesting thing that you mentioned. We did the Art of the Theme Ship tour. I think it was on the Disney Magic when we were in Norway, or I did it, I should say, with our friends Haley and Drew. I think Brian actually skipped it. But they were saying there were, I can't remember how many carpets they said, but it was well over 100 different types of carpet on the ship. And that like was just in like the public spaces, like did not count like staterooms and did not count like crew areas. It was just incredible to think about how many, you know, how much detail goes into all of that design. And when they have like, let's say, you know, a carpet that gets stained and they need to replace it, like they probably got to have a warehouse with all these things like digitally numbered to be able to find which carpet piece they need to replace it. Just yeah, it's it's crazy, that level of detail. What kinds of stuff did Harper like to get up to? Because we always love to know, five-year-old at sea, you know, during the day, what are the things that she wanted to do? Because I don't know if she's, is she that into trivia? Is she that into the scavenger hunts? Or was she wanting to do something else? She loved doing Kids Club. So she did that a lot. She obviously, she loves to swim. So anytime she could go swimming, she was up for that. She liked doing the trivia, but she took it really hard if we didn't win. Oh, yeah. Oh, one thing she did really like was the, I I don't remember what they call them, but the drawing classes where you would. Oh, yeah. We went to a couple of those where we learned how to draw uh, Chip and Dale and Mickey. And she loved doing those. With something life changing that we learned. Oh, yeah. We'll tell you the fact we learned during the Chippendale animation class that you will never be able to unsee. Oh, what is that? <laughs> so there's there's four ways you can tell Chippendale apart. Their their teeth, their hair. Color of nose. The color of the, the color nose. Color of the nose. That's the only way I know is the color of the nose. Then one of them typically wears a jacket and the other wears a Hawaiian shirt. On at least the rest of the <laughs> um, Rescue Ranger is fair. Yes. But. Yes. Sorry, what was this the fourth one, one? On their face. Yeah. Uh, the last one is Chip does not have any eyelids. Only Dale has eyelids. What? So if you ever see him, you're going to be like, it's like. I'm, I'm looking this up now. Chip <laughs> is like that, that, you know, and it's just very disturbing. So Chip is staring at you all the time. Chip is always watching is what you're saying. And Dale actually can blink. Wow. I did not know that. I have a picture here of Chip with eyes. So so wait, who doesn't have the eyelids? It's more that Dale always has eyelids. Ah, But you're saying the costume. But Bill, we're talking about like the the. The characters in the characters in the, the costumes, and then typically when you see them, and like like I have a plush of Dale, and I like I see eyelids on him, but there's like okay. none. I was gonna say I see an animated picture. Actually, the first animated picture that comes up, it looks like it looks like Chip has Chip has some eyelids. Oh, I guess Dale doesn't. This is fascinating. All right, <laughs> I'm on the hunt. I'm on the hunt. Okay, but tell me, I need to know what the teeth differences are and the hair differences. Oh, the too. Dale has two teeth. That's where his name comes from because the space between two teeth is called a Dale. I did not know that. And Chip, 
Chip's nose is like a chocolate chip. Right. Yeah. That, right. I knew that I know Chip's nose is the chocolate chip. So that's yeah. how I that's how I tell them apart. What's the and hair? And then Chip difference? just has one teeth, one tooth, I mean. And then Dale has like hair, like hair to Oh yes. yeah, like it sticks up a little fluff. Yeah. yeah a little yeah. fluff. He's got oh the cowlick going on for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, we're never gonna be able to unsee this. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, any any other things that we didn't talk about? Oh, we didn't talk about food at all. We've got to talk about food. And before we dig too deeply into it, I got to ask, did you do any of the adult-only dining? Because you did have a longer crew, so lots of opportunities to do adult-only dining in Remy or Paulo. I, I would say we, we did not, but every time we looked... They were completely booked. But, you know, we've been to Palo several times, and I know I'm not going to make a lot of enemies here, but I kind of wanted a break from it. I can't believe I just said it, right? It's delicious, but I kind of, we kind of wanted a break. That's okay. Listen, there's so much good food on the ship. I always tell people when they ask, like, you know, especially first time cruisers, right? Should we do Palo or Remy or Enchante? And it's like, you really don't need to. There's plenty, you know, to eat on board and plenty of really good food to eat on board. We tend to do at least, well, let's be honest, we do at least two on pretty much every cruise um, because we just love it so much. But I can understand, you know, I can understand skipping it. So let's talk main dining and food in general. Any sort of, you know, standouts for you guys from this itinerary? You did have, of course, your standard rotational menus and of course all of the alternative menus for the three main dining rooms but then you probably had a couple of additional menus like the i think they call it the it's like the welcome aboard menu or the international menu they you know have a couple of special special menus that they bring out for those longer cruises yeah we had several right we had our traditional three rotational dining we had several different one of them was the land and sea i oh, believe nice. which was really really I mean, we, I would say we were worried about main dining for 10 nights because you start thinking, well, how many steaks or, you know, lamb chops or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Food was delicious the whole time. I, I think food wise, I think in general, we prefer the food on the wish. We think the it has a little yep. bit more of a adventurous menu, but uh, this was, in my opinion, the, the service was spot on on the fantasy. The, the kitchen was spot on. And uh, I still think about that, those cheesecakes on, on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. What about you, Nikki? What, what would you say about main dining? Yeah, this was probably the best experience we had as far as food being hot, service being really great. We got to experience some unique menus that they didn't bring out very often. And we had a really great server that was able to guide us a little bit more than just like kind of your typical way that they might do where he would tell us, you know, like, oh, well, order order the the ribs off of this salad and I'll give it to you as a side because those are really good. And, you know, <laughs> this dish is trash. Don't have this. And like, <laughs> with us so we could get the best. And this was the first time where we kind of started to branch out. And if we liked something off of last night's menu, we would do mm -hmm. it again, which we'd always heard about doing. But I think we were always just a little gun shy and actually doing it. When we got that that Captain's Gala menu that had that chicken breast with that Alfredo, I was like, every night, every 
night. <laughs> wow, I love it. By any chance, was your server Pete from Jamaica? It wasn't. Um, we had <laughs> Jose from Colombia. Jose okay. from Colombia. Yeah, he he felt like family. He he made me feel at home. I would say. Uh, oh, I love that. Yeah, you know, it's the first time I ever hug someone on the way out. You know, <laughs> yeah. I kind of after ten days, you know, you you, you kind of start developing more of a connection with folks. So totally. So we, we learned Pete is one of our favorite servers, and he was with us on the Fantasy several times. We have not seen him since COVID. We were only on the Fantasy once since the restart. We haven't seen him. So if any of our listeners out there are headed out on the Fantasy, we know Pete is back on board in main dining. Pete from Jamaica. Pete Gordon, I believe, was his, was his name from Jamaica. Please tell him. Sam and Brian say hello. We have no idea who you're talking about, by the way. <laughs> but we adore him. We adore Maybe him. Maybe show him a picture of us because yeah. we, yeah, we love him, but... I, I the reason I bring him up and the reason I asked you is because Nikki, you said your server Jose was it Jose you said mm-hmm. he said you know something was trash and Pete was that kind of server who would tell you if you were leaning towards something that just really wasn't very good he would tell you that he said no trust me you don't want that dish mm-hmm. and then if you kind of insisted. He would bring you that, but he would also bring you a second dish because he knew yeah. that you weren't going to like that dish, even though you wanted to order and you still wanted to taste it, right? So I, I feel like the the best servers do try and steer you, especially after they've gotten to know you for a few nights and kind of see what you seem to enjoy and what maybe you don't enjoy as much after you know the first three nights or so. But a really good server, I think, steers you in, in the right direction. And if you do end up, or if they don't sort of steer you at the time, then they just bring you extra stuff, knowing that what you ordered is probably not the best dish on the menu. I mean, we love the the pirate night menu. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, that's one of our favorite. And when that's I, a divisive. <laughs> it is. It is. Listen to each his own. I actually think the pirate night menu is a lot better than it was pre pandemic. I think they. I think they changed it maybe right before the pandemic, and it's a lot better than it used to be. I think the jerk chicken is actually pretty good on there, but it's still one of our least favorite menus ov- overall. And so that's one that we tend to skip, but I'm okay with other people liking it. I ascribe to two philosophies, one of which is my father's. The, the first philosophy is not, which is there's no one right way to do Disney. That applies mm-hmm. across parks, cruise line, DVC, everything. No one right way to do it. And my father's philosophy was know what you like, eat and drink what you like and don't let anybody tell you different. So uh, if you like the pirate menu, there's a reason it exists. It's not me, but it's probably you. So there you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we, we were talking before boarding about this, the Parmesan crusted pork chop. We we're like, oh man, can't wait to have that pork chop. It wasn't on the menu. And, and now I was, you know, giving Jose oh. our time. And he was like, well, the best thing on the menu, there's some barbecue ribs or something that used to be on the menu. But now yeah. it's offered on a lighter fare, like as a salad topper. So he's oh, like, I'll bring, I'll bring you some of those on the side. And then, you know, you're, you're, you're going to realize what you've been missing out this whole time. Like, yeah. hey, right. It's like, right. you have those conversations, you kind of a little banter back and forth. And it's like, you, yeah. you listen. So yeah. Oh, I love that crusted pork chop. That makes me so sad. <laughs> that makes me sad. That's one of my favorites in, in animators. They, I do like the pasta bolognese dish they have in animators too. So that's always sort of a good, a good fallback option. Anyway, I could talk food for hours and hours. As I know every most of us could. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you guys did or really enjoyed on this fantasy cruise, you know, that maybe one of us hasn't hasn't thought of? Nikki mentioned it going back to leaving Aruba at night. It was a neat experience to see everyone. You know, typically you see everyone as you leave port, they'll, they'll wave you goodbye. But at nighttime, 
everyone had their cell phones, little flashlights. So as you're leaving, you would see basically this this just sea of flashlights are waving you as you you leave. And I thought that was a real neat experience to to see it from that side. And contra on both, it it's like a crowd started to gather, and we're like, wow, there there is a large crowd, you know, waiting basically trying to see us off and I, I just thought like wow these guys just just don't get a lot of traffic on, on on the island and whatnot but later on we came to realize that they let school out early that day because it's not every every day disney ship i guess is on port and mm-hmm. it was fantasy's first time there in bonaire so they actually got all the characters out in deck four and were kind of giving the, all the kids on the island basically a goodbye so it was a it was a a, a good experience to see all that energy, right? Uh, oh, that's awesome. You mentioned earlier that you had the Pirate Night and the 25th Fireworks. What did you think of the 25th Fireworks? Because we've heard some mixed things about the 25th Fireworks as to, you know, how spectacular or not they are. What did you think about them? Oh, yeah. I, I'd say they're kind of underwhelming, you know. I mean, it, I think part of it is there's just no lead up to it either. Mm. It's just they're kind of out there for that and then you're done and there's not as many fireworks being let off as there is for the pirate one. So I, I think it's fun that they're doing it. I personally have never been a big fireworks person. So like even in general, I'm just like, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. What makes, I feel like the pirate fireworks great is the lead up to it, right? There's the deck show deck party. And then the deck party on the wish to lead up is great. I, I'm not, I don't love the fantasy and the dream lead up. If I'm honest, I, while I enjoy the one on the wish more, I still enjoy the deck party and the show on the fantasy and the dream and yeah. frankly, the magic and the wonder when you have them, depending upon obviously the itinerary. So I, I really enjoy them, but I, and then you've got the fireworks, but to your point, Nikki, the pirate fireworks are quite a bit longer than the 25th anniversary. I think the 25th anniversary fireworks are like a minute and a half or something. It's a really, really, really short fireworks show. And there isn't a deck party that leads into it. What did you right. think about it, Adrian? That's what you said, right? It, it's, I mean, we, we've heard in the lead up to the cruise, we, we would play shimmering seas at home quite a bit, you know? So we get on boat on the boat and we hear it several times and now we see fireworks to it. And I would say it really didn't shimmer. Yeah. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> it didn't shimmer so much anymore, uh, I guess. <laughs> no, it, it was a little bit duller. So yeah. right. Okay. So now we have gone through all the ports. We talked about being on the ship. You know, a lot of people would say 10 nights is glorious. 12 nights is even better. 14. I want to live on a cruise ship. But some people get off and they're like, and we had this experience on our Southern Caribbean cruise. We were sitting down to dinner on night seven, I think it was with our friend. Yep. And we all just sort of collectively said, you know, if the ship stopped tomorrow, I'd feel like I could get off the ship and I had a good vacation. I, I, there would be no complaints from me about this vacation. Certainly happy to have the additional three nights that we have ahead of us. But uh, four actually, ours, four four, ours was four. Yeah. Ours was four. That's right. What did you think? We, you go back on longer sailings. Did you get the itch to like, we want to do the 14 night Panama Canal next. We want to head to Australia next. What did you think about the longer sailing? on board? We absolutely loved it. And we're so sad to get off. And I'm worried that I'll never be able to go back to shorter cruise. And there's not many of the longer ones. Yeah, so I hear you, Nikki. Spoiled. And we love talking to other cruisers. We, we do that a lot when we sail. Um, so we talked to a lot of people. And I didn't talk to a single person that was ready to get off the ship, which I thought was a testament to just how great of a time we had. And actually, when we on our last day, we try to like do a quick recording of each other just to like memorialize the trip while it's fresh on our mind and talk about our favorites. And I went back and listened to that. And we were both like, I can't say anything bad. There was nothing bad. This is the perfect cruise. So the thing to consider 
with longer cruises is how much luggage, right? How much stuff do you take on board? <laughs> and <laughs> off, right? Because there's more opportunity to shop for some souvenirs yes. as well. Yeah. Now, I, I would tell you, for I guess it was people just on day when we left Antigua or Antigua. I'm just confused. Still thinking about it. <laughs> it was this mad rush to try to everyone try to do a load of laundry, and it was mm. just, just crazy. And that's where you know, be on the wish. It's having that larger laundry facility would would, would be very helpful or, or beneficial because it was just just you know, it kind of felt like college. Everyone's just waiting for someone to move their clothes from the washer to the dryer, and then some people were actually actually moving people's things out so they can do theirs. So <laughs> I was like, wow. Got to that point. <laughs> the laundry room on the classic ships can provide no end to the entertainment. We actually had a stateroom right across from a laundry room one time. I forget which ship it was on, and you could hear people complaining and slamming doors and you know all that sort of stuff. But oh yeah, and interest- that and was, interesting. That was enough, on the wonder. That was on the wonder, Brian. <laughs> and interestingly enough, this last time on the wish on the Fortnite, I think Sam did laundry one night on the Fortnite, and the facilities on the wish were completely full. Like completely, completely full. it was crazy. So, I mean, on a Fortnite cruise, yeah, you could. I mean, you could wait a few minutes like if you waited like 10 minutes for somebody to come and you know move their stuff like you would be able to get a machine it wasn't a situation where you couldn't get a machine at all but you were going to have to wait it they were completely full not the dryers i noticed and i didn't notice this previously there are additional dryers in order to be ada compliant they have well i don't know if it's to be ada compliant or to just be accommodating to folks in wheelchairs but there are because all of the washers are on the bottom and the dryers are up above, but every sort of, I don't know, 10 washers, you'll see there's an extra dryer at the same level and with nothing Ooh. above it. And so they have they have more dryers than washers. So getting a dryer, not an issue. Getting a washer was an issue. I think it's probably the same setup with the, there are some extra dryers on the other ships as well, but that Wish Laundry Room game changer. I know there's only one and it's on deck eight. So it's a little bit far for folks who are on deck two and it's a little bit far for folks who are on deck 13, but there are more washers and dryers in that one laundry room than there are in the three laundry rooms that there are on the other ships. So I'm yeah. just going to toss it out there for the treasure bar in the laundry room. Game changer. <laughs> love it. Game yes. changer. Yes, because you know I love to hang out in the laundry room. I love to do laundry on a cruise because I don't want to come home with dirty clothes. That's I'd do laundry if there was a bar in the laundry room. I mean, if, it's, <laughs> if there was like it. a Hooks bar. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. He, hooks yes. barbery next to the laundry room. I can get a shave while my washer's going. You know, <laughs> no, mid-hot but I towel. Want, go. But as Adrian said, Topo Chico on tap. I want fizzy yeah. water. Yeah. It doesn't have to even be the, you know, right now I'm drinking my I actually just finished my Topo Chico. It doesn't even have to be alcoholic because I'm not even I'm not drinking alcoholic one right now. But yeah, Topo they can Chico steal the machine from the lobby of the Star Cruiser because the Star Cruiser <laughs> had the soda water, the regular water, and the and the room temperature water. So there you it go. Did. There it you did. It well, did. It was awesome. I think Sam, we have reached that point in the show where I need to subject Nikki and Adrian to some arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment or the round we know air. So, Sam, take it away. All right, guys. You've listened to the show. You know the drill. I'm going to ask you Disney favorites and Disney Cruise Line favorites. All right. So, let's get started with your favorite Disney or Pixar or whatever Disney property character, Nikki. I have one for Disney, which is Dale, and then for Pixar, Wally. Oh, I love it. Well, and I love that you told us now how we can tell Chip and Dale apart. So we are going to be now experts on on Dale. All right, Adrian, what about you? I am a sucker for dogs. So I love Dante from Coco. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say Pluto and then Dante. I love that. I thought he was going to say Doug. I thought he was going to say Doug from Up. Yeah. Listen, there are so many great Disney dogs. No one thinks of poor Dante, right? Someone has to show him the love. (laughs) I know. Listen, I have a sweatshirt that's got a bunch of different Disney dogs on it. And I don't think Dante is on there. So I think we should start a protest, a campaign, Adrian, to get Dante on the Disney dogs, you know, merch because he's not on there. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No, I'm telling you. All right. Favorite Disney movie. Adrian, we'll start with you this time. I love Princess and the Frog. You know, it's oh. music, it's culture. I, I, I dig it. So. Yeah. You just want to hang down in New Orleans. I know it. I get it. Yeah. You know, we, we've been wanting to catch a uh, cruise, you know, from New Orleans. Just hasn't worked out, but that's definitely on the list. All right. I love it. I love it. We'll meet you there. I We love sailing out of New Orleans. All right, Nikki, what's your favorite Disney movie? I actually have the same, Princess and the Frog. I love it. Fantastic. Well, we're almost there, so let's keep going. What's your favorite Disney song, Nikki? Today, it's Eye to Eye from the Goofy movie. I love that. I mean, who doesn't love a little power line, you know? No, right? You can't not smile when you hear that song. Totally. All right, Adrian, what's your favorite song? I am going to have to go with Almost There from Princess and the Frog. Love it. Love it. So then you love the Disney stage shows, I bet, because they, you know, there's a couple of them that do Almost There. So love it. Yeah. You know, I was a a late bloomer for Disney and and, uh, you do get caught up in that that magic element. And I love the stage shows because it does make you forget about everything else in the world. And you just focus right there and feel the excitement. I love it. Awesome. All right, Adrian, we're going to stick and talk about stick with talking about shows. Tell me what is your favorite Walt Disney Theater main stage show on any of the ships that you have been on? I'm not going to limit it to this particular sailing. I am going to say Believe is my favorite show. All right. What about you, Nikki? Same. <laughs> I, we love the jukebox musical ones. Um, and we probably both love Believe because they have that great number from uh, Princess and the Frog in there. So. Yeah. I, I had a feeling when you, yeah, I had a feeling when you said almost there and that you love Princess and the Frog. Yeah. that's a, I mean, it's, listen, Believe's not my favorite, but you all haven't been on the dream yet, right? We have the Golden Mickey's. That's that's one that I think is. A- <laughs> oh, guys, Golden Mickey's. The right uh-huh. answer is Beauty and the Beast. I thought you had, I was gonna, uh-huh. I was gonna forgive you for not being on the Dream, but you've been on the Dream and you still didn't choose Beauty and the Beast. Okay, all right, moving on. Let's talk about your favorite adult bar space on any of the ships that you've been on. Nikki, we're going to start with you. Uh, this is an unpopular opinion, but Hyperspace Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> that is an unpopular opinion, specifically to Brian. He is not a big fan. It's okay. It's it's We liked it the first time we went. I'm a but... fan of what Hyperspace Lounge could have been and wasn't. Uh, That's totally. what I'm a fan of. I totally get it. And I see like people that have been on the Galactic Star Cruiser and seeing what they were able to do on that bar. Like I could get how like the wish would just be totally underwhelming. But I will say, I think like part of it is who you're with, right? So we just had yes. a really great experience. And I will say, I loved the drinks there. Like they're so mm-hmm. fun and inventive that I could forgive like the under theming of that space fair if nuna was your bartender then that is a good answer let me just put it there because she's amazing she's like our one of our favorite bartenders on the wish um she had was previously on the fantasy and we just got to see her and she happened to be in hyperspace lounge so 
you know, there are some, you know, there's some great bartenders all over the place and they can really, and servers, and they can make your experience even better, of course. All right, Adrian, what's your favorite adult bar space? I am going to go with Ooh La La. I oh, really I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. And, you know, I, this was my first time going to a wine tasting and a champagne tasting. And I'm like, like I, it's, I like the vibe, right? And that's uh, yeah. so, and I'm, I'm liking the bubbly now. So I'm starting to transition from a, from a malt, from a beer to a, you know, mimosa and champagne. So I guess I have a more refined palate now. I love it. You so fancy and ooh la la. I love <laughs> it. All right. What is your favorite rotational dining restaurant? Adrian, we'll start with you. I love animators, but I, in my opinion, the, the best menu or from rotational is the duck and the lamb from uh, Royal. Oh, I, nice. A lot of people think that place is not not the favorite, but I'm all for it. Listen, you can choose, you know, your your favorite rotational dining based on the food, based on, you know, the entertainment. You you get to decide. Nobody writes those rules except me. All right, Nikki, what is your rotational favorite rotational dining? I think I gotta go with animators. It just has the whole package. It's got good yeah. food, it's got fun show, neat theming. It's a fun Love place it. to be in for pirate night too, when you get to see all the, the concept art for different pirate movies. So I like what yeah. they do in that space. It's inventive. Yeah, and That's we, a- yeah, we've only been in five nights and four nights, so this was the first time we got to see the, I guess, the show. <laughs> yeah, the actual show there. We always mm-hmm. were seeing the the Crush, the Turtle Talk show. Oh, this is the first time you got Animation Magic. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, that that does really help put animators over the top. But I think that's a good point you mentioned, Nikki, about Pirate Night. If you're on a ship that does that's doing pirate night and you can be an animators. It's that's a really a great match because you do get to see stuff on the screens. All right. Favorite space on the ship that we haven't talked about. So let's put aside hyperspace lounge. Nikki, what's another favorite space on the ship? Probably Cove Cafe. Yeah. We love coffee. We're big coffee drinkers. We love the relaxed vibes. there, just kind of hanging out. It's a nice space. Awesome. Adrian? I sighed because that's where I was going. (laughs) (laughs) She stole your answer. That's okay. You're allowed to have, you're allowed to sometimes have the same answer. Okay. Have you all been on the magic yet? No. Okay. So that's the one ship, but I'm going to, I'm still going to ask you this question. I'm just going to have to alter it, which is aqua duck versus aqua mouse. Yeah, because it seems like it's it's just more classic and it's a little bit more more ride, if you will. Because mm-hmm. the time we've been on the Wish, it's like you see the TV screens, but the little water sprayers weren't functional and whatnot. So we haven't had uh, that full experience. But uh, I just love the Aqua Duck. Nice. What about you, Nikki? I'm gonna say Aqua Mouse, and it's for a really lazy answer. But as I was climbing those dang steps, going all the way up the Aqua Duck. I was like, oh, it was so nice when I just walked up like one step, one flight of stairs and I was there and the conveyor belt took me up. That's a fair point. It, the aqua the aqua mouse is a lazier person's ride, <laughs> but they're both they're both great. All right. Now, this is a very controversial question. Of course, you have been now on four of the five ships. The only one you haven't been on is the original, the magic. What is your favorite ship of the ones you've been on, Nikki? We haven't been on the Wonder yet either. Oh, gotta knock out both the classics. Oh my Um, goodness. Okay. Well, that's why you didn't choose Tiana's place. So now I totally understand because I was a little surprised that Adrian didn't choose Tiana's place for rotational dining, but now it all makes sense. Okay. So from the three ships that you've been on, which are the Dream, the Fantasy, and the Wish, 
which one is number one? We were debating this a lot after we got off. I'm going to go with The Wish. I I, th- I think about The Wish a lot since we went on. Like, I, that's someone I'm super excited to go back on again. Mm-hmm. Adrian? The Fantasy for me. I think that was our first. That's our home boat is what I would say, our first cruise and going back on it. I just liked it. I like having uh, multiple soda machines to get drink from in different <laughs> spots, you know, and, and uh, here he goes. And having three ele- elevator banks. Wow. Right. It's no difference. Yeah, you're joking. The elevator. I want to put that out there. The elevator banks really don't make a difference. I'm with you on that, Adrian. Like, I, I think now that we've been on the wish a bunch of times, I can honestly say I don't think that the, the elimination of that one bank of elevators really makes a difference in in my enjoyment of the cruise. And there actually are more elevators between the two banks than there are between the three on the other ships. But anyway, I digress. Let's talk bucket list cruise. This is, of course, as you know, the final question of rapid fire and in some ways the most important question, because if you could go anywhere in the world on a Disney Cruise Line ship, where in the world are you going? I would love a ship that just went all around Japan. That's my bucket list place. So if I could get a Disney cruise, it would just take me all around, take me to Tokyo Disney and that would be pure magic. You Sounds may be good. getting your wish very, very soon with the Disney Adventure. I'm watching yeah. it closely. <laughs> what about you, Adrian? Like to go from New Orleans to San Diego, right? And go do the Panama Canal. Oh, New Orleans, though. That would be amazing for a Panama Canal sailing. I think I'm, I'm with you. That's a great one. I have not, funny, I have not heard that answer from anybody before, Adrian, but I we've done Panama Canal once not on Disney. And that per that itinerary in particular sounds like perfect to me. It'd be like the the two waterway wonders of the world kind of sailing right there. Cause the, you got the Mississippi river Delta over to the Panama canal. It'd be great. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah for sure. Awesome. For sure. Well, thank you for playing. I declare myself the winner of rapid fire. <laughs> That's the dash of judgment right there. It's a, uh, it's no, not Sam, not Sam for you. So we always, also, we always also like to ask, what's next? Do you have a Disney cruise lined up? Yeah. Did you bu- book a placeholder or are you waiting for something? Yeah, we have a couple placeholders, but we're really waiting to see what's happening with the treasure. We're kind of waiting on that before we decide what we do for next year. But we are going to be out in um, Disneyland in October for Oogie Boogie Bash. And then we're nice. doing our second time out to Alani over Christmas trips. We will be there as we well. We will be there. Yeah, we are uh, doing the insane trip of uh, finishing our Adventures by Disney in Budapest and then flying from Budapest to London, London to Los Angeles, Los Angeles to Honolulu for oh our God. week 52 stay at Alani that we have uh, every year. So yes, we will. We will yes, we there. will arrive late Christmas Eve and then we will be there for a week, basically right following. up to New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Right up to New Year's Eve. Yeah. So we'll have to make time to meet up and meet, in- introduce the kiddos. I mean, Nathan's a, l- a little bit older than Harper, but you know, he enjoys meeting other Disney kids and uh, we would love to, yeah, we'd love to meet up and hang out a little bit at Alani. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Nikki, Adrian, we really, really appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on our show and share your story with our listeners. We just so appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was awesome. 
big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.